0: Welcome, friends, to our second season of the Reynolds Rap podcast. I'm your host, Ray Reynolds, and this podcast is meant to encourage and bless you as you seek to live an authentic life in Christ Jesus. If you haven't already done it, please hit that subscribe button to get updates on original content each week. And also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and online at RayReynoldsRap.com. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey rappers, good to be with you today. I am just blessed as always to be a part of this experience and to be able to encourage you to maintain an authentic life in Christ Jesus. We're spending time over the last few weeks talking about some very difficult subjects. If you have listened to the podcast, then you know that we've talked a lot about depression and anxiety. Uh, Last week we talked about mindfulness. We talked about trying to get our heads in the right place get our our heart focused in the right direction. And I thought I would pause in in that that list of topics and themes to talk about bringing some energy back into our lives, bringing some zeal back into our lives and kind of take a break from what the problems may be and focus a little bit more on one of the things we can do to to have a solution to this this feeling of hopelessness, this feeling of of helplessness and discouragement. And I want to encourage you to think about what you can do to give yourself a little more joy, a little more energy. You know, the Bible talks about us being full of zeal, and um, that's a word we don't hear much anymore, the term zealous. And so I want to talk about being being full of zeal. Uh, you know, the Bible has so many different passages. There are so many different places. There are stories of people who have suffered and struggled and came out of it and did just fine. There are others, maybe it doesn't have quite such a happy ending, but I want to really focus on Paul as a person. You know, Paul is one who had experienced a lot of heartache. He had lost friends. He had been nearly stoned to death. He'd been through a lot of persecution himself, and and he would probably say it was well-earned because he definitely gave... A lot of persecution in his early years, and he felt like you know that was that was just part of the process. That now the tables have turned, and the people that he was basically working for now have turned against him. And how did Paul deal with all that stuff? You know, he he wrote letters. We know that it's in our New Testament. He wrote Bible passages and. Um, you know he he probably didn 't know at the time that it was going to end up being canonized but but it does, and he he probably didn 't realize that people would consider him to be one of the greatest ministers of all time, but he is, and we can learn a lot from his example, not just the things he wrote but the things that he practiced and there 's a kind of an overlooked passage. Uh, in Romans 12. I love Romans 12. I preach from Romans 12 frequently. I'll be preaching in Romans 12 this week. I mean, I just, I just camp out there a lot. And there's a section there going down to verse 11, where he says, you know, don't be lazy, you know, work hard, serve the Lord with all your heart and be joyful because you have hope and be patient when trouble comes. Pray all the time and you'll get through it. And that, that just, I, again, I think it's kind of overlooked in seeing what Paul had as his focus and what he thought the church could do to kind of give them this call to zeal again, this, this, this plan to live a zealous Christian life, to be on fire for the Lord, to renew your passion. And that's how he did it. As he said, you know, I'm just going to keep working. I'm going to keep serving. I'm going to give God everything I've got. I'm going to be full of joy because I have a hope. And then when all the troubles comes, I'm just going to pray. And that's a great, you know, list of things to consider When we're facing some difficult times, he definitely was a zealous minister. You can go back and look at his example of his teaching and his preaching in the book of Acts and the things he writes in his letters. And it's no wonder that he tells the Corinthian church, you know, in, in the first book in chapter 11, verse one, you know, imitate me as I imitate Christ because he was so effective in his ministry. He had this burning passion and zeal to work for God that became contagious, and there are things, you know, when he says, like, you know, whatever state I am to be, I'm content, Philippians 4, when he says, um, what was it, Second Corinthians 5, when he says, you know, I'm compelled by the cross. You know, I, I, I mean, he, this compulsion within him to serve Jesus until his death is not only admirable, but it's exemplary. He says, follow me, do what I do. And, it, you know, if you, if, you, if you don't know Jesus, know me and I'll introduce you to Jesus. I mean, that's just a great way to look at life in general. And so I want to think about some of the things he, he identifies, and I want to use this text here in Romans 12 to kind of help us see through it, uh, and, and maybe it'll help us get through some of the difficult things that we might be facing, because we need to live a positive life. We need to live an authentic life. We need to be ourselves. Don't fake it until you make it. I hate that. You know, stay, stay centered. Stay focused. You be yourself. You be the way God made you and created you, and find your niche. Find your place. Find your purpose. We're doing a series here at Somerdale now called One Another, and it's going through some of the one another passages of how I'm supposed to, you know, we're supposed to forgive one another and and love one another and encourage one another, edify one another, comfort one another. We're going to go through some of those passages and see some connections to other places in the Bible that this was practiced, and and Paul, and, and specifically Paul, Peter does a few, but these New Testament writers are saying this is what you need to do if you're going to be together. And in order for the church to have unity which is one of the, that's one of the hallmarks of my preaching and teaching is I preach a lot on unity. We've got to work together. Look, I don't care where you came from. It does not matter to me what struggles you've faced in the past. You, you are essential to the work of God and you're still a child. So your story blends with the story of so many others within your church family. You're needed, you're essential. Um, I'll start with this example today. You know, I had, um, sometimes you have terrible customer service at certain places. And, um, and I, uh, and I hesitate to tell this story because I I don't want to, I don't want to make it sound negative, but I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell two stories. The first is, um, this last week, I've been having trouble with the website. Some of you who listen a lot have identified that, and you've sent me links and said, Hey, you're, you know, this page isn't working. This page isn't working. And I've never had any issues whatsoever with Wix since I started using it. My good friend Chris Moran told me, He's like, I'm telling you, it'll change your life. Get away from. Um, Google domains and Google Docs or Google not Google Docs, Google Sites, and and do Wix. It's much easier to navigate. And he was right. I mean, I, I I liked Google. It was fine, but Wix is like super easy. If you're trying to start a site, and it's it's free. You can set up a free site. So I decided that what I would do is I would transfer my domain name from Google to Wix so that they could have I can have all my eggs in one basket. Right? Sounds easy. Some of you may be over your head already, but but it sounds pretty easy. I just wanted to put everything with Wix. And so I did that, but also I upgraded my site to a premium package so that I could, I went ahead and I pay a monthly fee to keep that material on there. And again, we don't charge for anything on the com website. We don't charge anything. It's everything we give away for free. All the Bible study books, you know, you've got the links to the blog, the podcast, everything. Don't charge a dime. Never ask for money. Um, of course you're welcome to donate if you want <laughs> But I, anyway so um so the website went down and what happened was when and this for those of you who do a lot of social media you need to know this if you're if you're involved with any marketing or uh, anything technologically minded I didn't know that when they transfer your domain name even though it's to the site that I own that I pay for when they transfer my domain name there would be places that it would lock up and it may not be available for up to 60 days. See, I didn't know that. When you transfer the domain, they never told me that there was going to be this dilemma. So long story short, I went through this for two weeks. I'm calling. I'm like, what's the deal? You know, my, my page isn't working. This girl tells me, well, I'm in, I'm in Ireland. It works great. Well, that's good for you. You know, another one's like, you oh, know, I'm in, I'm in Dallas, Texas. It works for me. That's great. But it doesn't work in Missouri and Illinois and uh Arkansas and Alabama and uh New York and places like that where people are are going on and, and wanting to get onto it and so it just it just became available in LA and Denver yesterday and I told her I was like look I don't know what's going on why my area still has not taken and she told me that there's this group of people I call them the web nazis and they they determine whether or not things can be transferred at a certain rate or a certain time and it's not like you can flip a switch and, you know, so I went through this whole thing and long story short, I keep saying that long story short, but it really is, when summarize. I got on the phone with this wonderful lady. She was a supervisor and she knew exactly what the problem was. She was able to diagnose it. It took her a little bit, but she diagnosed it, and she was super kind, like overly kind like she felt compassion. she was very sensitive to the fact that when she saw my material, she wanted to make sure that that the website stayed up. She immediately began working on it, and I mean, I could sense in her voice in her tone that she was serious, like she really wanted to help, and she did she did within just uh you know probably twelve hours everything was working perfectly, like nothing ever happened. And so I was so happy. So we contacted each other a couple times through email, and she may even be listening today to the podcast, but we contacted through email, and I told her on the phone, and I, I, I actually sent a message uh, this morning, early, excuse me, Wick sent me a message and said, hey, would you would you rate your, your conversation? And I was like, absolutely. And so I sent her an email, and I did this thing on Wick saying, you know, she did exemplary. She was she, if you're going to have people that work in Christian service, they need to be like Taylor. She was amazing. She she understood the problem. She knew exactly what she was doing. She sounded like she was probably like 25, so she's, she's probably a millennial. She spends a lot of time doing this internet stuff and website stuff, and she was fantastic. Like if I were hiring somebody to do Chris, you know, customer service, I would want her leading the team. That's That's the kind of attitude she had, and I've dealt with people, hundreds of people like this. And, um, and I was just, I told, I told Misty, I was like, this, this lady, she was amazing. She was really, really good. And, um, so we have experiences like that from time to time and it it makes you feel better when you meet somebody that has a little passion in what they do that really do appreciate the customer and want to work and want to serve and that's their position they don't see you as just a number they don't see you as just an individual who's got some website but they see you as a a valued customer and they see your content and they want to see it stay on the web flip that around second story uh I had to get my CPAP machine fixed. And so I went to a local place here. I won't mention the name, but (laughs) I want to see CPAP fixed. And um, I went ahead and ordered a brand new machine. And so I'm here at our local place where I have everything worked out. And um, I go in. They called me three times and said, hey, come on in. You need to pick this up. And uh, so I was like, okay, no problem. So I drive up there, right? Okay, and they have left a message on my machine 30 minutes prior so, I walk in there, and there are three new people. I don't know any of these ladies, never seen them before. I've been doing business with them for probably five years. don't know any they have, they go through people a lot, and one of them she's like, "Well, we don't have your information. we don't see you in the system. So I give them my first name, my middle name, my last name, you know, my blood type, you know <laughs> I'm trying to do anything I can't try to get my machine and uh I said, you know you you called me and you you told me to come up here." And they're like, no. And so then she goes and gets the, like the owner of the store and she comes out. She's like, oh no, we don't, we don't have any record of him. That doesn't even sound right. That name doesn't even sound right. And so I, just, I let them dig their hole. Like I let them dig for like 15 minutes looking through forms and just blah, 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 blah. And the lady that was answering the phone and talking on the phone to customers was kind of making fun of a customer and stuff. And I sit there and I listened And so when the lady's like, well, you're going to have to go because we don't have any information. I go, okay, well, would this help? And I pulled out my phone and I played the voicemail. And the voicemail that was left just 30 minutes prior on my phone is made by the lady on the phone currently. And she froze because she says her name. She's like, hey, Mr. Reynolds, this is blank. You know, and I'm from blank. And we are, you know, we want you to come up here to the office and da, 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 da. We'll see you in a little bit. (laughs) And so, and I was like, and I go, she goes, well, the owner goes, well, this doesn't even ring a bell. It doesn't even sound, it doesn't sound like, this name doesn't even I don't even know this part. I don't know anything about it. And I'm like, I've been in here a ton. I've done business with you. I just purchased a machine that, you know, is extremely expensive. And when I played that voicemail, they froze all three of, the girl on the phone, she was in the middle of a phone call. She froze because it's her name. It's her. She's the one who called me. And I go, does it ring a bell now? <laughs> like I used a little bit of sarcasm, but I couldn't help it. I was like, you, and so then they start scrambling through files. They're like, oh, oh, you, oh, you didn't have a repair. We went ahead and bought you a new machine. And I'm like, yeah, you bought me a new machine. I've said that several times. Like, oh, oh, well, that, well that's in a different, uh, uh, that's, um." so then one of them goes to the computer. And of course they've lost all the stuff. I mean, they even went to the back room and looked, I could hear them talking back there. They weren't looking for anything. They're like, hey, you know, did you hear about such and such and blah, blah, blah. And, hey, isn't she going to lunch at – and they were not concerned at all about the machine. Well, it turns out they have the machine. It's right there, and my name is flat on the box. But the problem is because um, it's a new machine, I have to come in with a specialist to show me how to use it. So I can't even get it for another week. It won't be until the next Wednesday, which is why they wanted to come in yesterday because the specialist was there on Wednesday. But apparently she went to lunch, and she would booked her appointments. So I didn't even get the machine, but they, they were like caught. That's an example of terrible, terrible customer service. They don't have passion for what they do. It's a job. You're just a person. You're not a customer. They don't value you. They don't value what you're there for. And it's sad, but this is like the third place I've been to that is very, very similar. And you probably have experiences like that as well. Some people, if you don't have passion for what you do, it shows. It really does. There's a a gentleman down here not far from me that does uh, uh, oil changes, and he is super nice. He's awesome. He loves to do it. He knows you, he knows your car, he knows. And when you have people like that that you just really admire and you see the passion in what they do, whether it be, you know, just lawn care, whether it be. Plumbing. I got a friend that's a plumber. He loves it. He inherited the business from his dad. He loves it. He loves it. He eats it up. No, you know, not literally eats it up, but he he does. He just gets so excited about plumbing. And I know sh- chefs and cooks the same way. They just love cooking. They they love it. Sports and coaching. You know, there's people. If you meet somebody that loves what they do, it makes a huge difference, and it, it makes a difference in your life as a believer. If you're not passionate about it, if you're not excited about it, then people are gonna see that. I see that in preaching. I'm just going to be honest. I see a lot of churches, and I listen to their ministers, and I'm like, "Where's the fire, man? Where's the you? How can you preach the gospel every Sunday and be monotone and 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 boring? The gospel is powerful. It's enough to save. I mean, we need to get a little fire in our in our bones. You know, we gotta we gotta get some excitement going here. So Paul says, you gotta quit being lazy. You gotta start working at it. And and a lot of us in our Christian walk, we're not working at it. We we stumble into church for an hour a week and we drop a collection in the plate and you know, we sing a few songs and we pat our preacher on the back and we go home. We don't work at our faith. We don't study our Bible like we're supposed to. We don't pray as often as we should unless we need something and then we'll go to God and ask for help. We don't we don't focus on our faith. We don't work on our walk with God every single day. Missy and I have been working for the last few weeks on our um our uh, study guides, our booklets and we're we're also working on um some journals. And really the hardest part about the journal has been the cover. <laughs> We've been getting it finished and finalized. But we are doing it because we know that if you'll just give God 30 days, he'll take a hold of you. We're asking you for 30 days, 30 minutes and 30 days and we're going to do several of these books with different themes. And we want to encourage people just take 30 minutes every single day, whether it be at night, in the morning. I mean, it's, if you can binge watch six programs before you go to sleep, you can open this journal and open your Bible and, and spend 30 minutes talking to God about what, what you're going through in your life. You've got to work at it. It's not easy. You've got to have a passion, a burning desire and zeal to work and serve God. Don't be lazy, Paul says. The revised standard says never flag in zeal be aglow with the spirit. You know, don't lag in it. Don't don't be slothful in it. Be aglow in the spirit. And there are people. You know, when you ask employers, what do you what do you what are the things you hate your employees to say? What do you despise them saying? Well, things like, well, that's not my job. I don't need any more help. I can do it. Or I don't want to do it. Or I just want to clock out. You know, I want to get off the clock and get out. Or people ask for more money in less hours. They, that well, my shift's almost up. Do I really have to, you know, it's almost closing time. Do I really have to, I, I can't tell you how many times I've been at restaurants and they'll click the lights off 30 minutes before. In fact, I was at a, we were through a drive through trying to remember where we were. We were at a drive-thru. And it may have been Smoothie King. I can't remember, but it was a drive thru and it was Smoothie King. We drove in and um got up to the window and it's fifteen or twenty minutes before close and they said, Well we're sorry, we're closing And I'm like, You're closed? They're like, No, we're closing I was like, so you can't make a smoothie? And I know a lot of people probably don't want to get a smoothie at nine o'clock at night, but I wanted one. And uh, they said, yeah, we're we're closing. We're sorry. And I was like, so you can't make anything? No. They're like, we. Do you want something off the counter? Like, do you want like, you know, they were. I think they mentioned like kind bars and stuff. I said, no, I I wanted a smoothie. They're like, we're sorry, we're cleaning our machines. Well, if they're telling me that at fifteen twenty minutes till. Then that means they started cleaning thirty minutes till. So you've got on you advertise on your website. You advertise on the door. You're open till a certain time, but when you get, they're already closing. We were. I was in a restaurant one time where they had already flipped all the chairs up. Back when we could getting set down and they were too busy wanting to hurry up and clean up and they didn't care they didn't want anybody in the so you can go through the drive-through well we wanted to set down to eat so what am i going to do i'm going to take my business to the place across the street and that sits with you like you remember that every time you pass that mcdonald's or that hardy's or that whatever restaurant you've been to if they treat you like that you have that negative experience if you go to another place and they treat you well then That's great. Like I've I've been to Cracker Barrel before and had some really good service. And I've, man, this is great. But then I've been there before too and had bad service. So there's places like that that you, you go and you say, well, this is good. And then this place is bad. There are places that I love their food, but I will never go back because of the terrible customer service. When you don't enjoy what you do, when you don't work, and some of you probably think, "Well, Ray, these guys are, these people are minimum wage, these people are just, you know, it's just a job to them." I do not believe that. I believe that there are people that I was myself one when I when I did um, when I did fast food. I loved my job. I did. I worked for Annie's Pretzel Store. I loved my job. Loved the employees that I worked with. And I, really, it, what it comes down to is I had the best employers I've ever had in my life. They were wonderful. They were wonderful. And if you love your employees and your employers and you appreciate your job, it's not just a paycheck to you. You enjoy what you do. You, you, can, you can make it make it better, and you make it better for the entire environment around you. So you got to have zeal and passion in your job. If you're not passionate about your job, find something else. Don't, if, you, if it is a dreadful thing, if it is a, a just, I mean, a chore to get up every day and go to work, then find something else. There are so many people, people say, oh, there's just not any jobs available. Oh, there's jobs available. Well, they're just not the jobs that we want. It hasn't been that long ago. I was telling a friend just last week that I, I was working four jobs, this time two years ago, I was working four jobs and making about a third, maybe a fourth of what I had made just six months prior. I had to work four jobs. I would work one job on the weekend and one job at night and one job during the day and one job on the side when I could find the time to do it because I had no choice. When you when you need the money, you you work for that. And then And sometimes you get lucky, you get a job you really, really like and you want to do it. But if you're not happy with what you're doing, find something else. Find something that you're passionate about. We we are passionate about other things. Some of you were passionate about cooking and fishing and hunting and sewing, or, or maybe you like reading. Maybe you like playing with your kids, your grandkids. Maybe you're passionate about college football or Star Wars or, or binge watching a TV show. I don't know what you're passionate about, but if we're not passionate about our job, that's a problem. We ought to be passionate and have a burning desire to desire to serve the Lord. He says, serve the Lord with all your heart. If you're not enthusiastic about it, something needs to change. And, you know, that means I need to be around people that have that passion. And I need to work on my own faith. Paul says also here in this verse 12, and I love what he says. We all have regions to rejoice. He says, I have joy and hope. You know, be happy. I think it's the English. No, it's the uh, easy to read version. Says, be happy because of the hope you have. Rejoice in your hope. Some of you know C.S. Lewis. He, he once said, Our Lord finds our desires not too strong but too weak. We're half-hearted creatures. He says, We fool about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. And like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in the slum because he can't imagine what it's meant by the offer of a holiday seat, we are too easily pleased. Too easily satisfied. We have that unhappy Christian syndrome. Weldon Langfield talked about that in one of his books on joy. We walk around like we've been baptized in pickle juice. You know, we've been weaned on a pickle. We've been sucking lemons our whole life. No, no wonder people don't want to visit our congregations. No wonder people aren't interested in tuning in to our our programs on on uh, on YouTube and Facebook Live when they're out on quarantine. They're gonna find somebody else that's more passionate about it. They, in fact, it's an inconsistency when you read the stories of the early church in the Book of Acts. You you don't I don't see the Spirit. And the positivity in a lot of our churches today. We talk about restoring the Lord's church and getting everything right. Well, we've got the truth right. We just don't have the spirit. I mean, that's one thing. We cannot fully restore the Lord's body until we restore joy to God's people. We're unhappy. We're, we don't have that positive spirit anymore. And, and then when you, when you finally come to church and you, and you want to get your life right, you're around people that are going to judge you based on the things that you did before you got there. Paul says, I'm going to rejoice, and I'm going to rejoice again, Philippians 4.4. 4. In fact, you have to almost question Paul's sanity. How in the world in his prison cell with dim lighting and all he's doing is writing letters to people about how you had to have joy? How can he do that? This is a guy who had all the joy sucked out of him. You'd think there's no way he could even survive in such a place like this, but he did because he was passionate about what he did. He was passionate about the gospel. He was passionate about lost souls. He was overwhelmed with this compulsion of the cross. I mean, we know we're commanded to rejoice. We know the Bible tells us we're supposed to. Even James says, rejoice in your trials. Jesus talks about it. You know, I, I want my joy to be in you and it be full, he says in John 15, 11. And, you know, if you, if you ask anything in my name, you're going to receive it, so your joy will be full, John 16, 24. Over and over again, uh, John 17, 13. I'm coming to you, and he says that your joy will be fulfilled. I mean, God wants us to be rejoicing. He wants us to have joy, and but it is a personal choice. People want to have a pity party. They want to sit around and complain about all the things that's gone wrong in their life and everything that's bad. You know, people like that, that every time you talk to them, it's what is going wrong. There's there's some people on Facebook that I follow. I have thought about unfollowing them, but I can't because they're they're Christians. They're youth. You know, they got kids in the youth, or they've got family members that are attached to our congregation, and I want to pray for them i don't want to know but every single post is all caps and exclamation points i'm done this is the end this is over i've had it i've this is i just you know and you read it and you're like i don't see jesus in that do you see jesus in that and i'm not trying to be critical and judgmental i'm just saying that for at some point when you surround yourself with people that are positive you'll end up becoming positive you you are in that pity party because you choose to be in it. You choose to be in that mindset. Jesus didn't do that. He'd never do that. I mean, it just to me, I just don't see Jesus sitting around going, "Ho hum," you know, "Eor, thanks for noticing me." You know, it's not that's not Jesus, not at all. So he had this this zeal, this passion within him. In fact, when he t- kicks over the tables in the in the uh, in the temple, you know what his disciples said. I said, well, we remember that passage about having joy for the house of the Lord." I mean, they they saw it in Jesus. They saw passion. They saw zeal or zeal. They saw they saw this 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 great enthusiasm that they wanted. There's a, a story told about a man in the third century who was was going to die, and so he had a, a some paper, some parchment, and a pen, and he wrote to a friend, and he wrote this. He said, "It's a bad world." It's an incredibly bad world, but I have discovered that in the midst of a quiet and holy people who have learned a great secret, they have found a joy, which is a thousand times better than the pleasure of our sinful life. They're despised and persecuted, but they care not. They're masters of their souls. They've overcome the world. These people are the Christians and I'm one of them. Can you imagine facing death with that mentality? But there was such a zeal and a passion that you didn't care if you lived or you died. That sounds a lot like Paul too, doesn't it? For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. There's, there, there is a need here, Paul says, for passion and to have patience in your tribulation. And he says, then when you do face those difficult times, he says, take it to prayer. You know, ask God to help you. There was a, a poll a few years ago. Uh, and and very few, very few of our secular polling places collect data on this. Some of the more Christian-inspired, and I would say more like Barna Research, uh, can can kind of give it, but it it does skew a little bit towards um you know conservative Christian viewpoints. But there are a lot of polls, and there was a poll that Princeton did a while back that said that um, that when people do pray, like more than eighty percent pray for success uh, about 75% pray for strength. And then, and then, uh, they said also somewhere around 75 or 80%, uh, they said that they didn't think God would play a favorite in, in answering prayers, that they believe that he had the power to heal. They believe that he had the power to help them find a job. But the same poll, the same poll said that they, like there was 50% of them that said they didn't think God had heard their prayer. Even though they didn't think God played favorites, they didn't think God wasn't answering, but for some reason, he just didn't answer theirs. So it means that they're spending time, these people in the poll are spending time in prayer, asking for health and for success and for strength. They don't believe God plays favorites. They believe he has the power to heal, but they believe that he's not listening to them. He's not answering them. So he's he's there, he's getting the prayer, but he's choosing not to answer it. I think that's a terrible way to look at life. Is to say, you know, I don't believe God is going to answer my prayers, but I'm going to keep talking to Him anyway. If I had somebody in my life, a friend that never returned my phone calls, never returned my emails, I would stop talking. I would, I would stop talking. I'd say, you know what, I'm done. I don't, I don't want to talk to this person anymore. Which is probably why so many people give up on their faith in this instance, is they pray and they ask God for stuff and they don't get it and they get frustrated. They get upset. And it's 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 a sad commentary. We need to do a whole lesson on prayer. I, I recognize our time's up. But the you know, in, in, in Islam, for instance, they pray five to seven times a day in, in strategic ways, facing a certain direction, uttering a certain amount of prayers. And we're when we pray to God, it's only really when we need something. And then when he doesn't answer, we get frustrated. We have to understand that God loves us more than we could ever imagine. And he is attentive to our prayers. He is listening. And though you may not get what you want, he is giving you an answer. He's telling you no. There's a reason why you don't need that specific thing. You don't need it. There's, you're probably going to abuse it. You're not going to appreciate it. And he knows what's best. So sometimes he substitutes with something else. And boy, that's a, that's a whole other podcast, isn't it? We do need to do one on prayer in the near future. But my point to all this is pray with passion, pray to a God that you know, you have a relationship with him, you know that he loves you and you know, he's going to answer you one way or another and you're going to be accepting of whatever answer he gives. Be passionate once you've prayed, once you've made the decision to, to go out and live for him, you know, study his word, stay focused on the things you need to do to be a living sacrifice every single day. Stay passionate, stay full of zeal, improve your spiritual health use use the things god has given you as a glory to him and not to yourself paul says don't be lazy you keep working keep serving keep praying all the trouble comes it's okay you just keep that zeal keep that passion and you know people say well, I want a motivational speaker you know I want somebody that pause your motivation Jesus is your motivation. Open your Bible and read their words. Let those words kick you in the pants. You don't. It's great to have a minister or a friend that can help you and give you good passages, but, but dig into the Word of God and you'll find if you do that and you couple that with prayer, God is going to keep you motivated, keep you full of zeal, and he's going to help you to find that enthusiasm and that passion you need to keep living in a faithful life to him. Go make it an awesome week. Thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get updates on original content each week. Follow us on social media at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, TikTok, YouTube, and check out our website at rayreynoldsrap.com. Also, if you'd like to suggest a topic for an upcoming broadcast, or if you'd like to email me a question, or if you have a prayer request, you can send that to rayreynoldsrap at gmail.com. Have a great day, and may the Lord bless you as you seek to live an authentic life in Christ Jesus.